0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Global Gastronomy Podcast, where we strive to explore the world one conversation at a time. For our first main course, we will be asking the question, what is a signature dish? For some of you, this topic is indifferent. For some of you, it is significant. For some of you, it's insignificant. For some of you, it's a familiar topic. For some of you, it's a new topic. Well, today, we'll help you with that will help you explore what the meaning of a signature dish actually is, because when we talk about food, we always think of culture. And when we talk about culture, we always think about food. So, I mean, so I think like you brought up an interesting point there, you know,
1: about how, you know, culture and food, you know, there's like this, like, like really tight knit, really close relationship between the two. And I think it's like, that's kind of why, you know, a national dish is really interesting because... When you're talking about a national dish you're talking about you know a nation a country you know and you know and while in some cases you know a certain culture equals a certain nation you know but in, but in some cases you know you have multi-ethnic nations you have multicultural nations and like what then you know is like so like would the definition of a national dish work there you know would because if food equals culture well then what happens when you have a lot of cultures you know what 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 one dish what several dishes what, what like several culinary cultures could actually end up describing all nation. I mean, like, what do you think about that?
0: Well, that's actually a very interesting topic because that connects to the country that we will be exploring today, our first country, to help us tackle this question, which is Indonesia, our home country. Um, as you said, what happens if there's a lot of cultures in a country? Well, here's a country that's a perfect representation of that and we'll definitely find out by the end of this podcast a little bit of a reason why there's such a thing called a national dish and there's such a thing called a signature dish because trust me both are different especially coming from indonesia and i'm sure you know this alvin um there's no such thing as a national dish in our country really there's signature dishes dishes i must say and if you go on cnn (coughs) they did a poll a few years ago and you know the results came about to 40 dishes that became signature dishes of the country that's a lot you know mm-hmm. usually yeah i mean that's that's a lot of dishes usually if, if you mm-hmm. let's say like a country like in germany which will we will definitely explore in the future you know i can name you like several dishes straight away and it's that's not a lot mm-hmm. you know like curry verse like Schweinshaxe. you know yeah you know, any yeah. any kind of sausages really from germany a signature mm-hmm. dish to them you know or even pretzels right um pretzels, yeah. <laughs> but indonesia like there's just so many foods that we can talk about yeah
1: see i think it's like that's kind of interesting as well because i think it's like you know in like supposedly you know like monocultural mono ethnic nations like germany you know that's kind of like the point i was trying to get at and that you know it's like there's this you know like we as outsiders, you know, like we look into it and we say, oh, you know, well, you know, they're all one ethnic group. They're all kind of like one culture. Now, of course, you know, Germany is a special case because, you know, they are actually pretty multicultural, but in a different way than Indonesia is. But anyways, so basically, you know, it's like even like, you know, like like you said, you know, you have the currywurst, you have all these other things, you know, which you know, which we as outsiders, you know, would say, oh, you know, these are, you know, national German dishes like donut kebab, currywurst, so-and-so. But then, like, I mean, like, first of all, I might, like, counter that, you know, with saying, you know, even within countries with supposedly one language and one culture, you know, you have different regional varieties. You know, like, for example, up north in Hamburg, when 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 I went there one, one summer, you know, like, there was a whole bunch of these, like, raw fish di- fish dishes. I forgot what they were called, but they were basically, like, literally, like, you know, like, in buns, they have like these like raw fishes. And that's closer to the dishes in the Netherlands than in like Southern Germany, for example, in Munich. But then, you know, in Indonesia, we have a similar issue, but times 10, because instead of one ethnic group with different regional varieties, which don't get me wrong, Indonesia has a lot of as well. What we also have here is a special case of literally different ethnic groups having different regional varieties of food and different food cultures all So then in that sense, what becomes a national dish is not only, you know, a very difficult topic to tackle, but it's also a very contentious topic to tackle as well because it kind of, you know, like it kind of implies, you know, like I guess I suppose the supremacy of like one group over the other, not really necessarily intentional because of historical coincidences, but, you know, but just like in general, you know, like, like it kind of tells you more about like what you know, like what most people in the country eat, and like what most people are ethnically, religiously, you know, like culturally, and like kind of just like the historical, you know, like landscape of it in terms of like colonialism and all these all these kinds of things. I mean, like, can you can you find like any 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 other examples of that?
0: Oh, well, before anything, um, I think the sandwich you were referring to is fish in. I think fish brochen. Sorry if I butchered yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's the the, one. the sandwich with pickles and raw fish. Amazing. Yes, I, I've yes. tried it before.
2: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But going back to the topic of um, a dish representing a country and it potentially um, giving out some, how do I say this, ideas of supremacy, um, I can't really think of direct examples on when that has happened to a certain country. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can definitely think of a certain dish that maybe can even represent several countries, really. Mm-hmm. And it just shows how commercialized this idea of a signature dish is. That's a good point. Um, I think you know what I'm trying to talk about. Hamburgers, mm-hmm. cheeseburgers, burgers in oh, general. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, if you go to any country, you'll find a McDonald's, you'll find a fast food chain that sells burgers, you'll find restaurants, that sells burgers. Mm -hmm. And it's even to the point that we face um, localization, the the impacts of localization everywhere uh, with, Mm -hmm. you know, what they say, signature dishes from each country in the McDonald's. And Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that really, I, I believe that that really is a representation of how this whole idea of having one, Symbol to represent a country is so hard to like grasp because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't really grasp it really. um mm-hmm. Especially with how everything is so commercialized these days. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, no, I, I really can't think of any examples, but what I can think of is like how, you know, capitalism and uh, consumerism has basically turned, mm-hmm. you know, our, our world, I guess, into having yeah. ideas of the desire, like th- having a desire to have a signature dish or a national dish, mm-hmm. you know, to, to to like, I don't know, I guess have an identity of some sorts.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, you, you're definitely right. I think it's like, I mean, first of all, you know, like the point you brought up, but, you know, like everything just being more and more consumerist. I think you do have a point about that in that, you know, I think it's like the national dishes, like a lot of cultural objects are, you know, more and more, and more I think, if you, I don't know if you agree with this, becoming gimmicky, you know, they're, they're like, becoming just, mm. like, things that, you know, they're, they're just used to, like, you know, like, bring up an idea of nationalism. And you said the second point, you know, an, an, idea, an, an identity, you know, just, like, things like, like, you know, like, oh, every country has a national dish, you know, like, shouldn't we have a national dish? I mean, like, first of all, you know, like, it doesn't really affect the reality of the, of the country itself, because, you know, like, in Indonesia, mm. for example, I can, like, tell you for a fact, you know, even though we have, like, things like nasi goreng, things like gado gado, and people do eat that, don't get me wrong. But then, you know, but then like at the same time, you know, you, you see people eating other things, you know, like what, like, high food, Korean food, hamburgers. So like in that sense, you know, I think it's like what is increasingly happening in like a lot of these places is that, you know, even though the national dish could be one thing, the national clothes could be another thing. See, national clothes is like an, another interesting example because, you know, that's even less commonly used than national dishes, because mm-hmm. at least we still we still eat our dishes, right? Yes. So that's, that's what I mean. But then like, and yet we have this idea, oh, we, we should have national clothes. We should have regional outfits. When in reality, people, you know, one, people don't even dress like that anymore. And two, you know, and, and, and even then, that's a bit distorted in, on its own, right? Because, you know, because that's, yeah. But anyway, we you know, like basically what we choose to be the one representative, representative dish, representative clothes of a particular culture of, of a particular country, you know, that's a bit, first of all, that idea is kind of like a misnomer in that, you know, and you know, one, it doesn't reflect the reality in the ground. And two, you know, it's kind of like a forced thing where it's like, oh, you know, we as a nation, we need, you know, national dishes. We need national clothes. And if you think I'm being vague here, I'm being weird. Just if you think about it, you know, why does, why does each nation need a national anthem? Why does each nation need a national language? You know, why does each nation need a national identity? You know, some in Indonesia's case, based on multiculturalism, based on you know pancasila and all these other things but then some nations you know based on mon- mon- mono ethnic cultures you know like korea like germany like france you know like so then it's like why why do we decide these things you know that's that that, that that's kind of like you get that gets to the crux of that question i think the national dish you know debate essentially it's just an extension of that core debate that we have on the idea of nation states in general
0: Yeah. And I want to draw your attention really. I mean, since we're talking about whether it's necessary or not, you know, which which really raises the question. And I, and I want to ask you this question too, that leads to the point that is, is, is the idea of a national dish really necessary? You know, we Mm -hmm. talked about how it probably came about, right. You know, consumerism, Mm -hmm. things like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, as you ask, is, is the language necessary is, um, is, is, I don't know, like a national piece of clothing necessary, things like that. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. we can even, you know, stretch it and say, is there a national genre for a certain country, you know, like like a national genre of music or film or something okay. like that. Like,
1: mm-hmm. no, actually, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. I think it's like in some cases there, there actually is, you know, although you know, official or unofficial, I think in terms of like the Indonesian case, I can definitely tell you, you know, there are definitely some like regional Music, you know, instruments, regional musical genres that have been uh, elevated to, you know, like the national status, like you know, angklung and like gamelan and, and things like that. Yeah. But then you know that kind of like goes back to like my question, my assumption earlier on about you know the idea of like a cultural supremacy because you know because of course you know like most of Indonesian national life is centered around Jakarta, is centered on Java, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's like at the same time because of that. A lot of the things that we that foreigners might consider Indonesian culture, you know, might end up being Javanese or Sundanese culture. Just simply, first of all, due to the fact of demographics, you know, in forty percent of Indonesian is Javanese, for example, and just like the fact of it being like a historical coincidence in that, you know, the Dutch decided randomly that oh, we're just going to make Java our colonial capital, and because Indonesia is a direct successor of the Dutch East Indies. We basically end up internalizing the idea that Java is the center of national life, that everything, all roads lead to Java, basically, and Java becomes the window through which foreigners see our nation. Because, you know, like, you know, I think it's like, and that also goes into the idea of like the, the flaw behind the idea of a national dish. Because if we were to get a Sumatran dish, for example, as a national dish, well, Malaysia shares a lot of our dishes. And that's why we see a lot of like cultural debates about that, correct?
0: Yeah, that's correct.
1: Yeah. So it's like, you know, like where's Remdang from and, and all and all these kinds of things? It's like, I mean, like on the surface, you know, if you're if you're a staunch nationalist, you know, you might think, oh, they're stealing our culture. And it goes into this idea, it's like, oh, each nation are blocks. They have their own things, they have their own particular language, particular identity, particular outfits, so and so. But you know, of course, you know, just with how culture is, you know, like, I mean, wouldn't you agree that, you know, culture is fluid, culture is doesn't care about borders culture doesn't, doesn't care about you know that doesn't care about identity culture is just it just flows everywhere i mean like back then just the fact that you know like borders don't really exist and just like now with consumerism and everything that's basically how hamburgers and stuff have been
0: been able to go around the world i
1: mean it, it, isn't that
0: right yeah that's correct and that's quite interesting because think about it um I'm going to go back to this idea of a signature dish and talking about what you were talking about just now, there really, there really isn't a signature dish that represents our, like your own country um, Mm -hmm. anyway, because again, as I said, I want to draw your attention to a certain topic, which is um, the United Kingdom, you know, and Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, collectively the United Kingdom as, as, Mm -hmm. you know, as islands, again, this is for, for you people out there, here's a (laughs) fun fact the united kingdom england and great britain are not synonyms um they they mean different things correct me if i'm wrong here alvin england is just the that main island right and then the united kingdom
1: Uh, is yeah oh
0: sorry the great britain is the the main island the united kingdom is the collective island um minus minus the ireland regions right the irish regions
1: Sort of. so I think it's like basically you you almost got it so basically England basically United Kingdom is four countries quote-unquote countries basically so you know England Wales Scotland so that's all Great Britain and Northern Ireland which is like a little chunk of Ireland the island the rest of which is independent but yeah anyways you were saying but
0: any anyways yes um <laughs> and and if you guys want to learn more about this go on to uh, Alvin's podcast shameless <laughs> plug um revolutionary weekly where where he does talk about po- the more pol- political side uh, of, of revolution these topics. W- revolution Sorry. weekly no revolution it's fine, it's fine. Revolution yeah weekly. i just wow. covered
1: the british elections
0: recently anyways I mean, go exactly. on exactly anyway so <laughs> yeah for 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 the uk um their national dish is actually chicken tikka masala, which is a french oh, dish yeah, yeah. and for canada their national dish is poutine, which is also a French dish. Ar- arguable. I mean, obviously, people could say, oh, it's made in Canada or whatever. But, you know, it is a French dish. Yeah. Ooh, quick correction
1: there. Chicken tikka masala isn't French. It's Indian. Well, no, no,
0: I said poutine.
1: Oh. oh, yeah, no. But I think it's, like, whatever. But it's, like, so basically, yeah, no, I think it's, like, that's an interesting idea that you brought up. But I think that kind of goes back to, like, the idea of, you know, like, multicultural nations are like sort of like nations that don't outwardly project themselves as being multicultural. So, you know, basically what we have is, you know, like that, that's kind of the thing with like what we were talking about with Germany earlier, you know, about Wars and all these kinds of things, you know, like you might think, you know, it's like, Oh, Germany, Germans eat German food. Right. You know, Koreans eat Korean food, but there's like in Europe and Western nations specifically, I think they're kind of having this, this like crisis of identity right now because of the huge influx of immigrants. Right. So I think that's basically kind of like, and you know, I think it's like just historically, you know, especially in the UK, for example, there has always been an influx of immigrants because of colonialism. But you know, that that so that kind of kind of goes into the idea, you know, like like national dishes, I think they are arbitrary ultimately, but I think it's like they aren't arbitrary in the way that, you know, in the way that they tell us what the nation's government, what the nation's, you know, like cultural ministry, what the nation's like com- Cultural committee whatever you want to call it what they want to project outside to the world so it's really a political choice ultimately i think you know so i think it's like you know like yeah the uk can probably say yeah our, our, our national dish is chicken tikka masala because they would like to project this view yeah indian yeah see that's see, that's what i was saying but it's like well we see that's actually kind of interesting because i think it's like if you want to google it what chicken tikka masala is where it's from Interestingly enough, actually, you'd find it's it's on the UK, not because it's made by you know some dude in Liverpool, but it's because it's made by Indian immigrants who went to the UK. I think yeah. it's like interestingly enough, until recently, you couldn't even find chicken tikka masala in India.
0: Yeah, but no, definitely.
1: Exactly. So I think it's like you know, but it's like it's one thing to have it created as you know a dish in the UK, you know, and, and Indonesia itself also has a lot of. Cases like this, you know, like with a lot of Chinese Indonesian dishes, you know, a lot of which are purely indigenously Indonesian, but you know, but at the same time aren't natively Indonesian, but also aren't Chinese either. So you know, you know what I mean? So that is yeah. like so that's basically the similar case that we have here. But the fact that they chose it as a national dish means that they're trying to project this view to the outside world, you know, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. And just to clarify to everyone, I, I did say poutine is a French dish, not chicken tikka masala, you know, I, as, and, and, I can tell you from what Alvin said, what he said about chicken tikka masala, you can't find until recently as a Chinese Indian person, my mom's Indian, by the way, um, I can tell you that chicken tikka masala is not a conventional Indian dish. It is very recent, you know, it's, it's, it's more recent than butter chicken, which you would think is a more recent dish just because of the name, but butter chicken is actually mm-hmm. traditional. I guess in yeah, some sorts, yeah. no. Yeah, but chicken, chicken tikka masala is not, it just sounds traditional. It's not. Um, but anyways, yeah. going back to the topic. Um, so what were we talking about? We were talking about how, you know, they're, they're well, I guess, I guess what I wanted to say is this, um, this is going to make our geography teacher proud, by the way, shout out to Miss Jewett. If you, if you ever, if you ever listened, listen to this <laughs> All of these things that we talk about are really just a product of diasporas, to be honest with you. And as you said, there's no, there are Chinese-Indonesian dishes that are not natively Indonesian, but also not natively Chinese. And it's just a, a, a result of that um, diaspora being built in Indonesia, that Chinese-Indonesian diaspora. Yeah. And Let's take an example. We haven't we haven't really taken a, a, a certain dish to look at. Um, bakmi, we all love bakmi, right. right? You love yeah. bakmi, I love bakmi. Mm-hmm. But again, there's so many different places that people eat bakmi. You know, yeah, yeah It's yeah. not it's not like, um, it's kind of like burgers in the US, where people have certain places to go, right? Like some people go to In and Out, some people go to like mm-hmm. Shake Shack, some people go to like their local burger.
2: You know,
1: no, you're right, you're right, and it's a lot of regional varieties as well. So I think it's like, yeah, bami's in certain, you know, there's like bami's in Blitung, bami's in Medan, bami's in Jakarta are all different varieties, and also with burgers as well in the US.
0: Yeah, definitely, and that's the interesting part right there because what do you call a diaspora within a diaspora, right? Like, Mm
2: -hmm. oh, that's you know, like
0: yeah, and. is why i said our geography teacher will be very proud because this is one of those one of those questions that we always are encouraged to ask you know like if if something does really exist in the world um how did it come about you know how do we know it came about but then again what has it you know what has it made as a result of that being created things like that and Mm -hmm. this is another thing like there are chinese indonesians in medan there are chinese indonesians in kalimantan there are chinese indonesians in padang or there are chinese indonesians in manado or you know there are chinese indonesians in in, in jakarta right and, and they're all different in bandung they're all different they eat different yeah, things yeah. Yeah. they interact differently they have different traditions some of them are super old school some of them are super new school some of them are somewhere in the middle you know yeah even within jakarta it's also you know dispersed like that. yeah you know there's so much yeah. diversity it's how do you yeah. handle it Can you even call it a nation still? You know, like, that's what I'm saying.
1: No, I think it's like you brought up something interesting about Jakarta, actually. So Jakarta is, of course, like, you know, like a special case in in Indonesia itself because, you know, it's very cosmopolitan. It's very multi-ethnic. It's very diverse. And, you know, and and you see that that's the case, right? You know, you see that there are a lot of cultures interacting with each other constantly, a lot of cultures mixing, a lot of people, you know, having mixed race children, having, having, you know, mixing cultures together, just, you know, because like, just the fact that a lot of people are Muslim, you know, it kind of allows a huge mixing of cultures from all over the place. And, you know, and basically what kind of happens is that, you know, we have, you know, on the one hand, a lot of this like very interesting fusion cultures, which, you know, people don't really bring up, but it, it does exist. And at the same time, we also have a lot of, you know, just like in general, just like a lot of, you know, just in general, a lot of representatives of, you know, what Jakarta is and what Jakarta's who jakarta actually are. But, you know, but you see what the government does instead. Instead, they try to promote this idea of a Batawi culture. Now, the interesting mm. thing about Batawi culture actually is that even though now it's treated as a monolith as, oh, there, there is a such thing as a, as a Batawi ethnic group, the mm. truth is the batawi ethnic group actually is also a cause of all of an ethnic group. It's a mixture of Sundanese, Javanese, Malay, mm. Balinese cultures, Chinese culture, Indian, Arabic. So basically, it's, a, it's this like hodgepodge, this like, this, like, stew of, like, a whole bunch of different cultures coming together. You know, if you see Batawi wedding, for example, the bride looks Chinese, but the guy looks Arabic. So it's just, it's all these kinds of weird things. And yet what the government does is they say, oh, no, there is such a thing as a monolithic Batawi culture. And that kind of goes back to my idea of, like, you know, like, there's this anxiety, there's this need for governments to just, like, divide, to, like, kind of, like, delineate yeah, whatever. to like delineate, you know, like what what is one culture and then what is another culture? When in reality, like I said, culture is very fluid, and you know, but the Batawi culture is actually a cosmopolitan culture. It's a culture that's really a bit of everything, and that's why in Malaysia and in Sumatra we have this issue because Malay culture is also a mix of everything. That's why they have rendang. That's why they have Javanese yeah. dishes as well because Malay, in the same way that Batawi Malay is also a mix, you know, they're both. Cosmopolitan cultures to begin with, but then with our own rigid understanding of nation states and what they entail, they, we end up artificially dividing them for no reason. And the worst part is people actually buy into it. And so, the, this, this idea that of culture as like a thing to be shared is often lost in the fervor of nationalism. I mean, do you
0: do you agree? Yeah, no, I I definitely have no counter for what you say. I mean, I don't I don't agree fully. I agree to a certain extent, definitely, but yeah. Um, Well, maybe mostly because I am mixed race. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
0: So I do sometimes feel a little detached from um, Mm. our so-called monolithic culture. Um, So I I, I don't know if I can call it a monolithic culture or not, but Mm -hmm. uh, definitely agree mostly with you. But it does bring up this question. Um, I have a lot of questions, actually. It does bring up this question and it does segue to this topic very well, what you said about... This whole idea of, you know, having a monolithic culture, you know, being verified, basically, you know, just like, I don't know, just like, just just like an Instagram, you know, like what's, you know, you want to be verified, right? think the government has verified technically Batawi (laughs) culture to be Indonesia's, I guess, quote unquote, main culture, you know, everyone is literally somehow interconnected or somehow connected directly or indirectly, (laughs) you know, with that culture. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's mm-hmm. so centralized in Java and in Jakarta. Yeah. So that, that, no, I thing think, it, is a, no, oh, no, 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 you were saying, go no, ahead, go no, ahead. No.
2: no,
1: I think it's like, I, I, I just want to say quickly. So I think it's like with Batawi culture, you know, it's on the one hand, it is a cosmopolitan culture in its own way. And because, it, you know, it, it's like, it, it's like its own little thing. But I think it's like with historical coincidence, you know, which is like how Indonesian media, for example, is centered around Jakarta. That's why everyone in Indonesia now is just Lu and Gua, which is, you know, a batawi thing. You know, it's like, so our, our language, for example, yeah. has already been heavily affected by batawi by, by accidentally. But then, no, but then, no, you're right. So I think it's like, it's not designated officially as the main culture, but it is certain, because I think like the way people statistically count it, it is technically a dying culture in Jakarta itself. Yeah. But interestingly enough, the idea the idea of Batawi was never a monolith. So I think it's like this idea that Batawi culture is dying is, isn't really true to begin with, because Batawi culture is a mix of everything. But then, you know, but then yeah, but then that kind of goes back to the idea of like of like the flaw that we have in thinking about culture as a monoliths, as things mm-hmm. that we need to preserve. Whereas in the reality, culture constantly evolves, culture constantly mixes, culture constantly changes, cultures disappear, new cultures appear. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I, I think. To make it like simpler just to use your analogy of culture being fluid it's kind of like a river you know or just just even like water like a, a source of water itself you yeah. know like i, I and again I, I don't mean to like be super geography or geology about <laughs> this but you know we learned about rivers in high schools and things like that and like how how water you know body systems work like and mm-hmm. usually there's a source right there's a source it'll flow down Right, through the river, and then sometimes there's a floodplain, it might cause to make a lake and things like that. And then, you know, I'll just skip through it, you know, go down to the mouth and then to the sea, right? Eventually. Yeah. yeah. You know, just just like that, you know, because culture is so fluid, like water, it can branch out, you know, it can create lakes, you know, it can go out to the sea again, you know, to to the monolith, right? And Mm -hmm. and it's made up from a bunch of branches connecting together they can mm-hmm. separate but they can connect together again and I think I think exactly. people have to understand that like there is no really such a thing as an identity crisis to be to begin with and, that, and that's controversial in itself but because your mm-hmm. identity really is with the with how the world is now with globalization it's, and everything yeah. it's an it's just an interconnected thing you know like you can't really say I'm from one culture I I can identify as Indonesian because I have an Indonesian passport but
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know as I told you like I'm Chinese, mm-hmm. my dad's Chinese, you know, my mom's Indian, Indonesian. So mm-hmm. what am I, am I Indonesian or am I Chinese Indian or am I Chinese Indonesian Indian? What am I, you know, like, yeah. and, and, and that's what I mean. And moreover, my mom's from Padang, my dad is from Bandung, which is two completely different cultures,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, so that, that all that really comes up to, to this question that I want to ask, been dying to <laughs> ask this, but what are the criteria what is the criteria mm-hmm. or what are the criteria for being a signature dish or an, even mm-hmm. like a national dish, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how should we define it? Is there such a thing?
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, I think exactly right. I think it's like just quickly to go back to your river analogy, you know, rivers can make lakes, river can make floodplains, but humans can also dam up rivers and, you know, and, and essentially what I'm saying is that they can artificially change the culture itself, you know, you know with things like media and things like that so i think it's like that's also interesting as well how culture can change but then you're right you know it's like what what does constitute like a national dish you know like what is a national dish you know meant to represent what is a national dish meant to you know portray and like is it it should it should be a top-down or bottom-up process should people choose the national dish or should governments choose a national dish you know you, you know what i mean
0: oh yeah i know what you mean i know what you mean sorry um i know what you mean and if we were on stereo, by the way, that's that's the app I was talking to you about, um, which mm-hmm. we'll definitely get on the get on that platform somehow one day. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. would probably start a poll to you know um, see what our listeners pick because for me, I I think the people yeah. should pick it, and no. but but for a lot of people, they would say the government would pick it. What about we? What do you think?
1: Well, I think that's kind of this. this that, that, that kind of goes back to like what I was saying earlier about chicken tikka masala, for example. You know, because like. Governments can choose what they want as things because I think it's like, you know, on the one hand, you know, like they, they it might be representative for what people actually eat, what people actually want as a national dish. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of like they, they might also have their own agenda. And so they might choose certain dishes, which, you know, they believe might be palatable for foreigners, for example. Okay, it's like I'll, I'll, I'll take a good example, you know, like with Thai cuisine, for example. Mm. A lot of the Thai cuisine that we eat is, is like central Thai cuisine. It's the yeah. Thai cuisine around Bangkok, Thai tom yum and everything. Whereas you know in northern Thailand we have things that are a lot more like Burmese cuisine, you know, a lot more curry, a lot more heavy. And in southern Thailand we have Malay dishes. So then you see what I mean? It's like it kind of like if, if it's a top-down process, there's usually an agenda associated with it. You know, like you know, like what's what's the purpose? Is it just like an exercise to determine national identity? you know, to, to say just like how national anthems and national languages do, or is it like an idea of like making the nation more palatable to foreigners? You know, Thailand is Pad Thai. Then, you know, Vietnam is Pho. You know, it's like, and like here we have this associate, Japan is sushi. So then we have this associate in our head. It makes it a lot easier. It makes the nation a lot more approachable. But the truth is, you know, like for people like us, you know, like growing up in multiple cultures, being in a multi-ethnic nation, we're kind of used to, to this idea of living in different cultures of living in different contexts of interacting differently in the same country of yeah. eating different dishes of you know talking to people in different dialects we fine find that as as indonesians and as southeast asians we're totally comfortable with that but there's uh, there are people out there in the world who aren't comfortable with that so i think this idea of a national dish kind of eases them in to what the culture is because when 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 they tie to or three dishes, then they say, Oh, I'm I'm fully literate in this culture. And so that's why yeah. they don't feel they don't feel scared. You know, do d- d- you agree?
0: Yeah, I agree. That that, you know, yeah. like a lot of people when they travel, they they always go like, Oh, if I if I if I visit this country, I want to try its national dish. I want to try this its yeah. National, yeah. Yeah. national dish. And and that's where the idea re- the idea really comes from. Because
2: mm-hmm. if
0: I if I'm not, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong again, you're 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 the history expert here, but Mm-hmm. This whole idea of, of like this obsession with like having a signature dish, a national dish really mm-hmm. came because, and we talked about this like very early during this conversation, yeah. this, this, this whole like part of like trade between countries and what did they trade, right? They traded crops, uh-huh. mm-hmm. they traded spices, they traded, you know, mm-hmm. things that you will consume basically not not consume as in like buy, but like you know necessities you know like things you need to eat because as humans we need to eat to live right Um, yeah i mean arguable you can obviously live with water but you need the nutrients from food um, (laughs) to balance you know balance things out and um, i think that's really where it started because you know like i think if i'm not wrong the british Back then, when they they were expanding, when they were Mm -hmm. colonizing um, countries and expanding their empire, they they really didn't have any kind of like natural resources to fall back on. Mm -hmm. Right. Not as much. That's why they had to go to other countries to get them. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, tea, you know, Mm -hmm. like they wouldn't have tea if they didn't go to India things like that or they wouldn't have like spices if they didn't go to i don't know india too i guess or or our country yeah and and that's where the idea really started i think
2: yeah no
1: i think it's like you're right i mean you're right to an extent you know i think it's like don't 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 get me wrong you know like they have to you know like people in britain people in france and germany you know they were eating people in italy you know they were eating stuff you know like You know, of course, you know, they got spices from Arab Arab traders, from Persian traders. So that's from like, you know, the Muslim empire. So that's kind of like how that came about. But basically what, basically the reason that they needed to colonize was because one, because of that much of a distance that the spice needs to travel, it ended up costing Europeans a lot of money. That's why even today, a lot of European dishes, you know, they always say, oh, a pinch of nutmeg. Oh, it's like, oh, like too close. Whereas in Indian dishes, for example, you would just dump like the like like the whole jar in, right?
0: Yeah, you just eyeball it. Like you know yeah. We we both cook, so we we know we know what we're talking about here. Guys. Exactly, exactly. So um, basically
1: what so we, oh sorry. No, sorry. So basically what kind of like the reason why they needed to actually do colonialism is because one. They were kind of blockaded by all the Muslim kingdoms after the crusade because, you know, you, you, you tried to kick us out of Jerusalem. So, of course, we're not, not going to let you in with, with the spices anymore. And two, you know, with, with the improvement in like sailing technology and just like industrial technology in general, what they've basically been allowed to do is like logically, you know, if you think about it in like an economic sense, logically, you know, there's the producer, there's the distributor, and there's the consumer, now, what if you can bypass the distributor and go to directly to the producer? So that's basically what they did. They sailed all the way to India, all the way to Indonesia to get to where the to where the spices are produced. Initially, they just only want the trade, but then eventually they said, why don't we take over the factory? And that's basically what kind of how, how colonialism started.
0: Yeah, and, and and that idea still exists until today. I mean, that's a common business strategy that a lot of conglomerate you know, like uh, companies do, like multinational comp- uh, companies do, you know, like, and, and again, we learned this a lot. Uh, I think most people should learn this in high school, if I'm not wrong, but, but you know, with, with, with globalization, with MNCs, mm-hmm. they always tackle developing, quote unquote, developing countries because, mm-hmm. of, or I should say, less developed countries, because that's the easiest targets where they can find the producers and just buy them, basically exactly so they don't they don't have to like you know import things or things like that at a price was what i mean no, you no, no. directly you know work with the producer and then get it in for a cheaper price something like that
1: yeah exactly and that, you know that kind of brings up questions you know way beyond the scope of this podcast you know about, yeah, of about course exploitative practices about just like the global economic order but anyways you know going back anyways. to you know national dishes
0: National dishes. We kind of went on a tangent there, but it, it, a good tangent, I must say.
1: Next time. We, we might next explore time, next
0: yeah. time. <laughs> we might explore it next time. But today we're talking about food. We're talking about food. So let's go back to national dishes. Indonesia. I'm going to read you a list here. I have 40 foods that wow. Indonesians, our fellow Indonesians, voted a few years ago as the 40 national dishes. And I I listed them in the chronological order that they were put in, but mm-hmm. I guess it's uh, I guess I guess if it's if it's in chronological order, this is popularity, right? But yeah, I, I I'm looking at the list, and some of it doesn't even make sense. I'm gonna go from number one. That's yeah. uh, sambal, sate, soto, nasi goreng, gado-gado, nasi uduk, nasi padang, ayam goreng, bakmi goreng, gudeg awon, kelele, opor ayam, mie ayam, babi guling, gulai, bubur ayam, bakpau, asinan sayur, tah kangkung, pepes ikan, pempek, perkedel, martabak, sayur asem, sop buntut, ketoprak, belado terong, montong sayur, rendang, tahu gejrot, sop kambing, siomai, ikan bakar, daun papaya, apotak, bebek goreng, gorengan, then last but not least, our favourite, indomie. Yeah,
2: you
1: yeah. already know, you already
0: know.
2: I
1: yeah. have a couple of things to say about
0: that later. Oh, on, me but... too. I have a lot of things <laughs> to say about that for sure.
1: No, yeah, but please, but I think like it's interesting. You see, you know why a lot of these dishes are really familiar to us?
0: It's because we're Indonesian.
1: Well, no, yeah, that too, yeah. But then like you see, we we eat a lot of these dishes you know
2: yeah
1: like, yeah okay I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a good example you know like in eastern indonesia for example you know this called papeda no ah see so okay so <laughs> basically how it is in papua is that you know a lot of people don't eat rice as you might imagine instead they eat cassava
0: oh
1: and, and essentially yes yeah, so essentially what they do is they make this cassava into this like gooey paste and they eat it with like soup oh
0: right? i've seen that before yeah yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes, I think
1: it's
0: like um what do they eat it so they eat it, like, with like, mm-hmm. uh, eat it with? like a bamboo shoot or whatever, right?
1: Yeah, well I mean yeah, bamboo Murasaku shoots, just I like just think, like yeah. y- yellow curry sauce. Yeah, you know, like, well, like yeah, it's like like so, a soto goulet-esque kind of sauce. But like, anyways, yeah, basically so that's that that's a huge thing that, that that's missing, for example. You know, if the idea is to be representative, you know, you you just failed right there because a lot of people in Papua and you know a lot of people in Maluku as well, they eat. Yeah, this, this thing called papeda, which is completely just not even here, right? And then, yeah. like, you know, and then, and then, like, that goes into it as well. As like, for example, you know, there's only one pork dish here. Did you did, did you notice that?
0: Oh, yeah, no, I did notice it. And I'm, I'm actually quite surprised it even made the list, to be honest with you.
1: No, no, yeah, you're right. And, and 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 if we're... So let's not look at this from, like, the perspective of, like, a Papuan or a Balinese. Let's look at this from the perspective of a typical Jakarta, you know, m- Muslim technic um, you know, might be Javanese or Sunanese, but, you know, a couple of generations down, so they can't speak the language. They don't connect to the culture. Let's look at it from their perspective. Mm. All this would be really familiar to them, right?
0: Yeah, all this would. And uh, just just an interesting fact here. Um, there are actually 1,000, I guess, as of 2020 uh, or as of 2019, I'm not sure how accurate mm. this is, but there's about 1,340 uh, recognized ethnic groups in Indonesia, yeah, about forty, I believe, forty percent of which is Javanese. So, mm-hmm. just just so you guys know, why Alvin's bringing this up it's because a majority of us will notice these dishes because this is what we eat in Jakarta, which is the capital city of Indonesia, as you all know, yeah. which is located in West Java. Again, I'm gonna be very specific here. It's located in West Java. That's where literally everything happens. Mm-hmm. No, not everything happens in Bali. Bali is just an island full of tourists. <laughs> no, but for, see, that's... for those of you that don't know yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but that's interesting that you brought that up. I think it's like two. So, so first, let's look at this like, again from a Jakarta perspective. The Jakarta perspective, conception of Indonesia is what? Jakarta, Bandung, Bali. I go yeah. to Bandung every weekend. I go to Bali for long holidays. That's why yeah. Bali cooling is there, right?
0: Yeah. That's why it's there. It's, it gets exactly. it's a Indonesian dish
1: exactly so you know to the typical jakarta and yeah they could say yeah this is diverse this is representative we have things from sumata we have things from jakarta but then you know not only are you el- omitting a lot of things you're also omitting a lot of regional things which are cl- a lot closer to you than bobby guling for example oh yeah of course definitely so 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 for example you know i'm kind of bummed out this didn't make the list so for example you know like my father for example is from Chirbon, right? I don't know if you know where that is. It's like so it's a city on the right right on like yeah, so so it's a city right on the border between West Java and Central Java province. So like I will tell you, like I I love Cherubonese food. It's like probably like one of my favorite Indonesian foods in the world. Oh yeah. But you see, outside of outside of Indonesia, I can't find that thing anywhere. Maybe I can find Tatao Gujarat, which makes the list. That's Cherubonese food. Yeah. But literally everything else like you might even know not know somebody's like Gentong, me, 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 bon, you know these kinds of things oh, no. yeah. things that instance, things that I love things that I grew up eating I can't I, I can't even find that and that's technically Javanese culture you see what I mean
0: yeah and you know this whole topic about food I've, I've been I've been waiting for this moment but here's a here's a segment that all of you should look forward to every week is where i do this to alvin without him knowing alvin here's your surprise question of this episode oh you did not (laughs) okay so your surprise question for this episode since you're mr history and mr culture and mr politics should we maybe change it from the idea of a signature dish to the idea of a signature way of cooking
1: Ooh, okay, what do, you, what do you mean
0: by that? Because if you think about it, from everything that we've talked about, there's one common thing that we can actually draw. For go example, on. Thailand, you said everything centralized, you know, around Bangkok, mm-hmm. Bangkokese dishes. Yeah. And um, pad thai, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Pad thai is not a dish, to be exact, just so you all know. Really? Pad, thai, pad thai is a... I'm, I'm going to confirm this. I'm going to go to the internet. If I'm not wrong, Pad Thai actually translates to uh, a way of cooking something. Um, let me let me just mm. confirm this real quick. Really? Pad Thai translates to... So Pad Thai, if I'm not wrong, it translates to stir-fried. And it was actually created by a Chinese person, mm. not by a Thai person, to be exact. And it literally... Means stir fried so there isn't one type of pad thai.
2: Mm, it could be seafood pad
0: thai, there could be chicken pad thai, it could be beef pad thai. But it, it's 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 one technique, right? It's the stir fry, yeah. stir frying the mm-hmm. glass noodles. And the reason why they use glass noodles is because if I'm not wrong, there was like a shortage of rice or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, so they had to use you know make people eat glass noodles because it's it was it used less rice. To make mm. something like that mm. they'll be more like mm. cost efficient I guess mm. for everyone and, and and easier on the resources and yeah yeah it, it's it's just it's interesting to see how it's not actually a signature dish that we're talking about like the one in, in, in this list don't you see yeah. some kind of pattern in the list
2: yeah
0: you know it's yeah. always like a stew or like a fried something or mm. a grilled something you know
1: mm. no I see I see I see your point. I see your point. You know, actually, I might, I, might, I, might even, I might even I might even counter that. Instead of a national way of cooking, what if I suggest a national way of eating?
2: Ooh. And even
1: then, you know, So like okay, I'll, I'll give you a good example. So in India, for example, you have, you know, you have like a pepper fine double Nadu. you have you know butter chicken in Punjab, you know, you have all these mm-hmm. different your fish curry in Bengal. But what's the common thing? People eat with either rice or bread. You see, you see what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah. In yeah, Indonesia. Staple.
1: Exactly. So in Indonesia, we, we have something similar in that everyone eats anything with rice. And you know, just to quickly touch on like your idea about like, you know, like the shortage of rice and things like that, we, we could even do an episode in the future about how kind of like noodles dominated Asia. Because before,
2: oh,
1: yeah. the, before, before the end of World War II, noodles weren't actually all that common. We'll we'll get to that in a future episode.
0: That that's but a very interesting topic, actually.
1: Yeah. So basically, yeah. So basically what, what, what we kind of see here is, you know, so yeah. So it's like, so instead of a national way of cooking, why don't we think about a national way of eating? That's a bit closer to the, the objective of the question that they're trying to have, because yeah, things are stewed, things are fried, but then, you know, like the truth is, yeah, there are people stew and fire things anywhere too. In fact, you know, in Europe, stewing was probably like the main way of cooking before a lot of these other cultures came in. So, you know, so That's I think cool. it's like, Exactly. So it's like, you know, like, so with saying rice, you know, I'm not even saying, you know, rice could even be a national dish, just simply because of its, you know, its adaptability to all the sorts of cultures, its representative ability. And even, you know, to the Papuans who don't really eat rice, you know, to say that they don't eat rice now is kind of mistaken as well, right?
0: Yeah, they eat rice now. They have, they have a lot of dishes with rice. Exactly, now. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it could even be like a continental dish, to be to be honest with you.
1: No, yeah, but see, but then that's that that but see that's the other issue. It's too broad. It's like why can't Thailand say rice is their national dish as well?
0: Yeah, and <laughs> I, I, I I really like your idea of way of eating because here I'm gonna share you a, a very interesting story. When I was watching Good Mythical Morning, a very, oh. very, very cool <laughs> channel, by the way. Um on YouTube they were talking about ketchup ketchup mm. right? ketchup Ketchup is what we use ketchup to eat um what fries right french fries are in the uk called chips you know um what else do we in, in in south korea they used to eat omelets you know oh in, okay
2: yeah
0: in in so- in some countries they mix it with rice but
1: hey, I I eat my, my my with spaghetti. I hope I hope that's fine for some. Right,
0: ketchup with spaghetti. <laughs> but did you know? Did you know that ketchup was actually a Southeast Asian sauce? Really, ketchup. Are, th- are you talking about tomato? hold on. Are, are you
1: talking about tomato ketchup or are you talking about soy black soy ketchup? No, no, I'm ketchup. talking about
0: tomato ketchup. I'm talking about mm. k e t c h u p. Really, not ketchup manis, not ketchup asin.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Ketchup is actually it was originated mm-hmm. from Kitsyap, which was brought. Really? If, if I'm not wrong, either to, to to the British or something like that, and they they mm-hmm. really liked it. To do, basically, uh, well, what's the group called? The Dutch Dutch what?
1: The, the Dutch East India or the Dutch British East, East India, India company?
0: company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they had a supply of that that was brought brought to them by one of the Southeast mm-hmm. Asian countries. I'm not sure which Southeast Asian. I think Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ran out of it, so they tried to cook it really, and they ended really? up you know they ended up um making ketchup because <laughs> they couldn't I mean, find the exact uh, you know recipe for it, and it huh. became a national way of eating something you know like putting ketchup on mm-hmm. things is a national mm-hmm. way of eating so
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know I guess putting sauce on things is not something that a lot of you know nations do, but just to link it to what you were saying yeah i guess it, there could be a national way of eating like in indonesia we use sambal right yeah we're always mm, sambal yeah. Mm-hmm. so then i can also say like oh yeah sambal is is like a national dish then yeah because the definition of a national dish is actually what we use to eat or like what we how we eat right
1: yeah that 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 that's a possibility as well yeah. and i think and, it's like just to yeah. quickly touch on like your catch up point what's yeah, interesting food. as well is that The the tomato crop itself is actually from the Americas, and who came to the Americas first? The Spanish. So it was actually Europeans who brought it to to Asia, who then I guess made ketchup, and who gave it to the Europeans again.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because it's like a it's like a yeah we 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 always say like globalization actually happened with the internet, but it actually happened way back when you know like before the internet like.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Through
0: things like food, that's just why <laughs> we're talking about it. Yeah, because it's like a it's like a universal language. Food, you know, food. There's there's certain mm-hmm. things that that's a universal language. You know, some say war is a universal language. Some oh say goodness. food is a universal language. Yeah. Some say music is a universal language. Yeah, you know, there's just so many things that we can call like universal languages because it exists in many different cultures. No,
1: you no, know? I. I exactly exactly you're right and hmm, let's see ah uh, i i had something but what, what if i forgot ah <laughs> okay, uh, give it a thought it's fine it's fine fine do you have do, do you have any, anything else to add
0: well i i actually want to lead this on to how are we going to define a national dish right now right now because i i'm, I'm right pretty now. sure we're going to change the definition as the episodes go by but right now yeah. how are we defining it
1: I guess the way you would define it, I guess it's just like, yeah, it's like, has to be like, oh, that's, that's kind of the thing. It's like, what, what purpose do you want to achieve with this? Do you want to appeal to tourists? Do you want to actually represent the nation? Do you want to set a certain agenda? So I think that's kind of like, so, so you have to decide that first. And then mm. from there, we can probably just start to think about candidates for dishes, you know?
0: Great point. Great point. Well, I have a proposal for this first episode. So we're talking about Indonesia. Go on. And this is probably going to be controversial, but everyone will agree, I'm sure. How about Indomie? Now we're gonna talk Mm -hmm. about something interesting.
1: Ah, okay, yes. Okay, yeah.
0: It's all been leading Mm -hmm. up to this, Indomie. Mm -hmm. I just bought some today. Oh
1: Oh, man. I mean, yeah, no, I think it's like what? So let's see what Indomie serves. You know, a couple of different purposes, right? Indomie appeals to foreigners. Everyone mm-hmm. loves Indomie, come on. Mm-hmm. Anyone who says they, they don't like it, never tried it. And yeah. like, and they're, and are out here, like posting about how good Shin Ram Yun is. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't
2: laughs> like Shin, Yang,
1: Shin Ram Yun isn't even the best Ram, Ram Yun there is. Okay, yeah, let's it's get that good. straight. It's
0: good, but it's not the best. Exactly. Anyways,
1: yeah. okay, so we have the foreign appeal. And then we have the representation aspect. Every Indonesian eats Indomie, even those who might have not eaten rice, who might have not eaten, you know, cassava, uh-huh. they eat Indomie. Uh-huh. Who doesn't eat Indomie? Even Nigerians eat Indomie, you know? Oh, dude, it's a monopoly out there. It, it is a monopoly out there. Exactly. That I mean, they're more Indomie than us, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then like, be their
0: national
2: dish.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, like, and that's what the government wants to represent to the rest of the, rest of the world. You know, we are, you know, we have a, literally a brand called Indomie, Indonesian noodles, you know, like, and we have a whole variety of different regional tastes, regional varieties of, you know, dishes, albeit a lot of the, a, a lot of the more, you know, like out there flavors are only in Indonesia, but, you know, as a national dish, you know, yeah, you know, like that's basically, everyone can, can say, you know, here's Indomie, here's a brand that's national, here's a brand that represents us, here's a brand that everyone likes, you know, so it goes hand in hand with the idea of being a as well, right? So, if that's what you're trying to achieve all three of those, then yeah, indomie would be a perfect contender as a national dish instead of you know rice. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna coin that from now on. Indonesia, I mean, Indonesia's national dish will be indomie from now on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> obviously, this that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, what is what is Indonesia's national dish? What is a national dish? Mm-hmm. What is a signature yeah. dish? Is it different or not? But yeah, going back to Indomie, you know, it's interesting because we, we talked about consumerism too in, in the start. But <laughs> Indomie is actually not, it's not, just so you guys know, it's not a national dish. Okay, we're just joking about that because we all love it. And there are alternatives to Indomie. Don't get me wrong, there's misadap, there's harimi. Yeah. And you know, there's even like healthier options now, like lemonilo, which is kind of weird. Um, no offense to whoever made that. But you know me. Here, I'll give you some facts. It's actually made um, by a company called Indo Food. Yeah. Right. Have you heard of Indo Food? I'm pretty sure everyone has. It's it's mm-hmm. literally they, they, they sell Indo Food products in um, in Ralph's now too. So in in grocery stores here. So yeah, yeah. It's it's a global brand now, and Indo Food itself is actually owned by um or founded by uh who was it founded by i don't i don't remember um sudono Su, Su, Su salim
2: or oh yeah, no Lib, no yeah yeah. Lib, Lib, yeah. Lib
0: yeah 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 it's it's yeah. it's it's owned by the salim group there you go that's yeah, what i was salim trying to think group. of yeah uh, mm-hmm. in 1968 i believe
1: yeah sometime then, around there so Indo yeah food,
0: yeah yeah and then and then indomie itself launched in 1972 four years after which mm-hmm. is 27 years after our yeah, declaration of independence so yeah it's still a very young di- uh, young dish mm-hmm. young product to call it a national dish but
2: mm-hmm.
0: it gains so much love that everybody eats it it's kind of like the hamburger yeah. of our country really
1: mm-hmm. see i think it's like it kinda, i think it's like this might be more relevant in like the noodle episode but just quickly I think it's like, so basically, Indofood basically ran a monopoly in Indonesia over wheat. So anything that oh, had yeah. wheat in it, flour, noodles, bread, all of that was owned by the selling group until like the early 2000s. So yeah. basically, Indomie was kind of enforced on us. But, you know, whatever. It's good, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's because they had um, Bugasari, right? So Yeah, exactly. That, that's where and it started, like, really.
1: Ex- exactly. So he had Bogasang, and he branched out all these other things. But anyways,
2: anyways, so that's like yeah. far beyond but, whatever we were
1: talking about. <laughs> but see, here's the issue, though. Here's the issue. I mean, like, of course, you know, like you see people like Jokowi and all these politicians. You know, they would, they would, they would, yeah, they would applaud the Indonesia and say, yeah, you know, here's here's the thing that every Indonesian likes. Here's a thing, you know, like, and it's, it's kind of like the marker of a typical Indonesian, right? Yeah, it's a lot of. The, but I think at the same time, you know. Indonesia you know, despite being a modern invention, a modern nation, and that 's why Indomie matches perfectly because Indomie is really one of one, one of those things which are created in with the modern Indonesian nation modern Indonesian context in mind
2: yeah but that's true the,
1: but the government would never do that because they want to project the idea that Indonesia is you know this goes back to like how nation states are formed actually there's actually a really good book on this by Benedict anderson it's like who's like mm. a, an, an anthropologist so He basically purports that, you know, one of the things that, you know, a nation state needs to be legitimate is to trace its history back to previous nations and how they're merely a successor of that last nation. Now for France, you know, you have this connection with Charlemagne and then Francia, with England, you know, with Germany as well. You have that connection as well. So then, you know, that's basically kind of like what nations, European nations did back then. And so when Indonesians adopted that format, they tried to connect us to the Majapahit Empire, for example, the Sriwijaya Empire. So we have, like, this historical narrative that, you know, connects our nation to the past. And if we were to say Indomie, you know, screw all these cultures, screw all these dishes, Indomie is our national dish, it's going to be essentially be a betrayal of that ethos, that need to legitimize our nation. And because yeah. of that, you know, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because, I, I, you know, and, and if we talk about going, going back to the past, we don't even need to go that far. Like, yeah. Um, there is a dish that we all like. to Well, it's not really a really dish. It's more like a presentation of the food in Indonesian mm-hmm. meals. Mm-hmm. Rich yeah. stafel, which, oh, which is just a, Dutch for a rice table. That's something yeah. that came about nice. during the Dutch colonization of our country. It didn't come about after independence, but it carried over. Yeah. And it, yeah, it I mean, carried over because of the, I guess, the nature of how we you know, mm-hmm. eat our meals, right? And Mostly, it's like it's like a Chinese meal. It, it's funny because it's like a Chinese <laughs> meal, um, where we have rice. You know, each of us have rice, and then there's dishes in yeah in the middle.
2: Yeah, yeah, and no,
0: yeah, but,
1: yeah. No, I feel mean, like Tom, no, just like no, you're right. you 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 do make a good point about that. And I think it's like, I think like you know, this idea of like a united Indonesia actually didn't even emerge back then. It really only emerged, yeah, you're right, on the Dutch colonial period. with like, you know, Dutch, you know, Dutch, Indonesian, like uh, Indos, so, so basically, so, you know, like the, the children of Dutch and Indonesian parents basically mixing together. Mm. So we have these mixed race children, who, you know, who are neither Dutch, but who are, neither, who are not native either. So they made, you know, a whole bunch of these things. And one of them was Reistaffer, uh, which sadly isn't really eaten in Indonesia anymore. And to be fair, it's never really been eaten by native Indonesians. No. But if, if you're talking about a truly representative dish, and I guess, yeah, Reistafel would be a good candidate of it back then. And it's certainly a possible candidate for it now because I think like in my own personal experience with Reistafel, you have, it's true, you have dishes from Sumatra, you have dishes from Java, you have dishes mm. from, you know, other regions as well. And to be fair, you know, you don't have a lot of these like land, a, a lot of these like weird dishes from Eastern Indonesia, for example, yeah. you know, understandable. But, you know, as a representative dish, I suppose, you know, it does serve the purpose. And interestingly enough, if, it, if we're talking about like this idea of mixing various regional dishes together into one dish, actually, you know, Nasi Padang did that first.
2: Yeah, so Nasi of course. Padang,
1: yeah, so, you know, it's like this, the, the idea that, you know, all these different things came from Padang, the city only, is a bit absurd. It actually came from all around, you know, like the Minang Highlands, you know, like all these yeah, different parts of, that's... yeah
0: very true thank you thank you (laughs) you know as 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 someone whose mother is from padang you know uh from the outskirts of padang to be exact but you know i i truly believe that there is no like you can't really call a restaurant like restaurant padang like we have that concept right restaurant padang yeah and like what people don't understand is no you can't just generalize like that like if i go to a restaurant that has minang in the name then Uh it probably has some kind of you know like direct relation those dishes the the way of cooking has some kind of direct relation to that Uh part of that region Uh you know that's why they have minang in the name you know it's not just randomly Mm -hmm. put there whereas if you go to somewhere like sederhana you know or like pangeran even pangeran there's there's more specific stuff you know like they they specialize in ayam pop you know it's just not on this list by the way but it's amazing i'm surprised uh-huh, yeah. i'm surprised they don't they don't specify what kind of ayam goreng it is as well by the way on this list because oh, there's yeah, so right. many different yeah. types of ayam goreng you know like yeah right yeah right, yeah, right. ayam geprek is ayam goreng too it's just uh-huh. smashed it's just like it's like a smash burger basically yeah you know smash like <laughs> yeah like right that's, that's uh-huh. what smash burgers are it's just patty smashed so i'm is practice just chicken smashed so yeah um, and now they
1: put cheese and now they put cheese on it too so
0: yeah and it's crazy <laughs> like people generalize so much and as you uh-huh. said when they generalize they start betraying their own roots actually you know exactly so that's why that's why i feel like we should we should probably make this a movement, man. Like um oh, mm-hmm. your 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 idea of maybe it should just be a way of eating.
1: You yeah. know Or like, you know, even like you, you could even like say, you know, the idea of a national dish is ultimately kind of like futile. Now of course, you know, the higher ups wouldn't want to hear that because you know it kind of betrays the idea of a nation state. But then you know, but I think it's like ultimately in my personal opinion, I really think it is ultimately like a like a futile exercise if you really and, and ultimately, you know, even if even if we do try to promote certain dishes over others, you know, ultimately, you know, it, is, it does come with an agenda. In mind. Now, look, I don't mind, you know, if you're, if you're trying to make Indonesian culture more appealing to foreigners. But then I think the truth is, if you're saying, if you're trying to put this on the people, you're trying to say, you know, here's what an Indonesian dish, quote unquote, Indonesian dish is. Well, then I think, you know, you're just kind of playing yourself. There might eventually be an, an actual Indonesian dish. Don't get me wrong, because it did take some time for Padang, for example, to emerge, and I think some time for Westafel to emerge. But, but that time isn't now. And with how we think of culture as blocks, I think it's going to be a lot slower. Now, what's interesting, actually, when you're talking about globalization back then and now, there's actually even an argument that people back then were a lot more globalized, a lot more with the mixed cultures right. than they are now. Right. Because, back then, we, because back then, we didn't have the idea of borders as strict lines on a map we didn't have an idea of culture as monoliths against one another, right?
0: Yeah, that's very true. That's a very good topic to bring up, which we will definitely talk about in our next episodes because those are topics that are super relevant to the countries that we will talk about.
1: Yeah, and
0: I think are. it's like,
1: yeah. But I think it's like, yeah, for, for Indonesia, you know, we we, we kind of have like this, at least those, those people in Jakarta, for example, you know, this idea, of, you know, of being like hyper-nationalist of like, this idea that oh you know it's like Indonesia is like this one big monolith nation you know we all speak the same language because I think the narrative think kind of drawn it, is yes, that yeah. yeah is that like it's, it's it's not about different different people working together it's more about just the same people doing the same things you know so it kind of like it betrays the initial foundation of the nation but then also betrays our own ancestors basically
2: right
0: yeah 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 no and that's, so that's such an interesting thing to talk about like what is the idea of a nation really can you really call yourself a nation if you're betraying your roots all the time yeah you know, exactly can you can you put borders if you know if if we're calling yourself a multicultural country you know like what's the exactly. what's, what's the what's the what's the whole point of a border then but you know that's very mm-hmm. political and that's very controversial yeah. i'm not i'm not going to argue because i do believe that borders play a big Mm -hmm. role Um, Oh, they they
1: do in the current framework definitely
0: a huge role and shout out to a lot of people who watch this anime i've been i've been i don't know why but (laughs) i guess because i I watched some anime um but there is one anime that i've never watched and that's why i started watching it from the start and people call me stupid for this but you know what i I did it anyway one piece Mm -hmm. i started watching one piece From the very start, I'm at I'm at the 400th episode right now, and don't have to spoil anything for anyone. That's that's the that's straight um, after the Sabaudi archipelago arc, which is interesting because I live I'm from an archipelago, Indonesia, Um, Mm -hmm. and it's interesting why they call the Sabaudi region an archipelago. It's not even because there's a group of islands there. It's just a group of mangroves, but Mm -hmm. it's also the place where people visit before they go to the red line which is the only piece of like concrete land like proper concrete continent in like the one piece um, world I guess Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's just one big border right splitting the world in two in two halves Mm
2: -hmm. like Mm -hmm.
0: imagine if we had something like that like what I was thinking like imagine if we had something like that imagine if the world was just a a compilation of like small islands and then one big island in the middle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, oh. like what would the world be like? Is can can is is that what it means to have a borderless country? Then, you know, just like split between hemispheres. Mm. You know, like what would, would the world be more diverse or would the world be more, you know, like individualist? You know, is is mm. that that's that? Those are the things that are that I find interesting and. and again, I see why people like this anime so much because it does challenge a lot of, like, global issues in a very, like, simple way, you know. The same way, and yeah. we were talking about borderless worlds, like, the same way the Falcon and the Winter Soldier talked about things like that, you know, and I, and I wrote an essay on this, by the way, um, on how that series um, challenges the idea of one world, one nation, I think, or or sorry, no, one, one Mm -hmm. world, one people, something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. They use that to challenge um, people out there about like racial and Mm -hmm. um, I guess inequality issues um, that that's happening Mm -hmm. right now in the U S you know, because if we are one nation, one people, you know, like, like most U S most multicultural um, countries Mm -hmm. think, why mm-hmm. why is there still you know racism why is there still social inequalities things like that yeah but again no way way out of topic tangent my bad
1: <laughs> no 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 i think it's like no you do like bring up a good point and i think it's like this idea of like oh, one world one you know like this you know all you know we're all the same all religions are the same all cultures are the same i think you know i think ultimately that's really like an like an ignorant view as well because and, and, and as you see you know a lot of like its proponents are like like Westerners, right? People who yeah. come from like, you know, they say, oh, you know, why, why are all these people in the world fighting? You know, like I have Arabic friends, I have Chinese friends and like we all get along, you know, it's like, so it's like it's this idea that, you know, like it's this, I think it's just like, and I, I can touch on this way later on in some other episode, but it's like, it's, it's like this, it's like it's like within this Western psyche, there is this constant anxiety of the need to assimilate everything. the need to like, you know, French, France is for the French, German, Germany is for the Germans, you know, things like that. And there's this anxiety. So that's why like people are saying, oh, you know, why can't we all just hold hands together and, and sing Kumbaya, you know? The truth oh. is, you know, like, a lot of us who are from these different cultures, we don't mind, honestly, because, like, we, it's like, on the one hand, you know, like, we, we acknowledge that we are different. We acknowledge that we don't believe different things. We acknowledge that some of us might be more correct than others. But it doesn't really matter because, you know, differences doesn't really stop us. And that's, I think, the initial ethos of Indonesia And that's what I think ultimately is like being eroded with this need to create one national dish, to create one national, you know, culture, as opposed to having to be, to being comfortable with the various diversity that we have as a nation.
0: Definitely. I think that's, that's a very good way to, you know, wrap, wrap this really big idea into one like umbrella, you know, idea, I guess Um, umbrella term or something like that. Um, Yeah. But, that does lead me, we, we are running out of time, by the way, so um, uh, yeah. we're almost at the end of our pot, of our first episode, and we do have one segment left, so I do want to say that I guess both Alvin and I can agree now that the idea of National Dish should really be perished slowly, yeah. um, and Indomie is the national symbol for Indonesia, that's for sure,
2: right, Alvin? Yep, 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 <laughs> But
0: <laughs> no but doubt is, about it. That does lead to our last segment we're gonna have some bite-sized questions now um for alvin because he is mr history mr revolution weekly uh i'm just here as his as his uh, companion i guess and um nah don't worry like like you made you brought up a lot of good points oh yeah, don't, definitely. don't
1: like shoot yourself
0: in the foot oh, no, no, no 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 i'm not i'm, not, I'm just being overly <laughs> humble because you know indonesian Um Indonesian stuff being overly humble, right? (laughs) Overly (laughs) proud too. Overly proud too or overly proud too. It's one way or the other. So here are some bite-sized questions for you. Um what are your opinions on comfort food?
1: Comfort food. Uh Um, oh you want to you mean you mean like peanuts
0: or something? No, like you know, like in in here it's like chicken noodle soup. And in Indonesia, Indo means like comfort food, right?
2: Ah, okay, okay. okay. Should
0: that be a thing you know like what is the nation's mm. comfort food
1: that's kind of the thing i think it's like even with like comfort food we have a lot of like
0: different different ideas and even the
1: idea of comfort food itself is actually very contentious as well because you oh, know man. it implies that food is just always there for us to eat whenever we want to feel comfortable whereas mm-hmm. you know i'll give you an example like in like in tribal societies you know a lot of it is still in papua for example you know you eat once a day and that's after you kill the pig so then you know you know what i mean
0: yeah,
2: I mean, so like yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah so the okay. idea
1: even the idea of comfort food is, is 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 a very capitalist, it's a very modern concept, you know.
2: But yeah, it's, it's very if,
1: if, if we are talking about snacks, then yeah, even then you'll run into the same problem because a lot of Sudanese and Javanese people, for example, like to eat boiled cassava and coffee, and a lot of people in Sumatra might eat something else. I don't know, but you know, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we could we I'm go sure. into the same loop
2: of issues, yeah.
0: Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. All right, next one then um here's an interesting one here's a mind-blowing one, one. uh which one came first the orange as a color or orange uh-huh. the fruit oh my god um Actually, I, yeah, you know i mean, would I, I, I
1: would i would say the fruit because oranges originated from like like this, like this, like you know, like orange from like, 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 like the Middle East, like Turkey, Israel, that area.
2: Mm.
1: So, you know, so and, and that's where the first human civilizations are. So, I would say yeah. orange is the fruit came first.
0: Of course. No, definitely. <laughs> I, I think that's a that's an age old question that people ask to blow people's mind, but it has an obvious answer, which is why I brought it up. Oh, you know, okay. I agree with you. Like, it's definitely the fruit. Think about it. Like, even yeah, if you want to go super like biblical about it like
2: mm-hmm.
0: we were taught that god made you know every everything in basically seven days so yeah which should come first like the food should come first yeah how about, is this instruction too right so yeah exactly <laughs> so how about the chicken or the egg how about that one chicken
1: or the egg
0: oh wow uh i have a good argument for this one go for it i, I don't know i think it's a chicken really well yeah i mean Um, because well again if you want to be like super biblical about it you know when when before god made adam and eve he made a bunch of things right Mm -hmm. there'd be light that there'd be Mm -hmm. what what else like there'd be the sky and the oceans right things like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't remember Mm -hmm. sorry but um and then he made living you know like animals and things like that so there's no way god made like an egg and then suddenly just hatched yeah for an egg to hatch if Mm -hmm. we want to go scientific for an egg to hatch and for it to become like a chicken there has to be a chicken sitting on it giving it the right conditions things like that and then it'll yeah
1: yeah oh no Mm -hmm. actually i just thought of something so i think it's like the chicken or the egg is always a hard question because we always approach it in in like a linear way now cool. let's try watching it in like a non-linear way. So for example, cool. Hindus and Buddhists, for example, view the world in like a non-linear way. They view as time cool. as cycles. So there's cool. always like a beginning cycle, a middle cycle, a good cycle, and an end cycle, something like that. So imagine this, what if instead of chicken and egg, what, 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 what we consider a chicken is very arbitrary, right? We can say, this is a chicken, this is not a chicken, yeah. you know? So what if, you know, like it's, it, it's a constant cycle of chicken, egg, chicken, egg, chicken, egg, and we get closer and closer to, to what a chicken is. Now at some point, it's either at some point that egg hatched and it became a chicken. So I would say yes, the chicken bib came first, but that's only because we decide that, that this is, is a chicken. Sure. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think what I think what you're trying to find the term is a polychronic uh, orientation of time. P time. Yeah, like a,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh instead of monochronic, monochronic is linear. Linear, right? Yeah. And polychronic exactly. is holistic. So Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I and mean, it really depends on how your culture is. Most, most yeah. high context cultures, I think have, they, 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 they live in P time, they live in polychronic time. And then most mm. low context cultures live in linear monochronic, time. um, time. So linear yeah. time. So definitely different countries will have different answers. And that's mm. probably also why we can't agree on what a signature dish is, to be honest.
1: Exactly. You. Like I mean, it's it, so it, hard. Exactly. Even the idea of a signature dish itself is also very, you know, it's very ambiguous, you know.
0: Yeah. But, it's yeah. So ambiguous. Um. But yeah, that brings That's on to my next question. This is more fun, bite-sized questions. I just have three more, and then we'll be done because it's only five. Um. Right. How about Indo me just now.
2: me mm-hmm.
0: goreng or nasi goreng. Mie goreng or nasi goreng. Um, nasi going just because I have more sentimental
1: value with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I feel like if there's another candidate for a national dish, there it is. You know? Nasi going,
1: not nasi going, but see, that's 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 kind of the thing because I think like not nasi going, you know, has its roots as like a Chinese dish, so then like right, shouldn't like buck me and stuff. Yeah, but then like, you know, if, if you would say, Oh, this like Chinese dish is all national an dish. You know, that's that, that might have also some feathers. Not necessarily.
0: That's you know, Like in, in,
1: in, in, like in, in, like an intense way. But yes, yeah, see that's the kind of thing. So like interesting. I think it's like the way Thais view their Chinese people and view is actually very different. Now, I think like before colonialism, actually, there wasn't like a racial distinction. So there was hmm. actually Chinese people that's been in Java for like over a thousand years, coming and going basically, trading and things like that. So, you know, a lot of Japanese people might even have their ancestry, you know, with Chinese people, but they don't know because it's never really recorded. Now, when the Dutch came, they basically said, okay, we're going to divide everyone racially. And that's when the tensions started appearing. Now, in Thailand, because they were never colonized, they didn't have that. So, Chinese people are are still Thai. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, no, I get what you mean. And (laughs) yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. I think Godang is way better, way better. And like a tech
1: tech in like a tech tech place yes i always go for the nasi goreng
0: yeah anywhere i'd go for nasi goreng anywhere exactly like it, it's texture wise it's a lot better i think me the only me goreng that's good is indomie me goreng flavor
2: yeah
1: <laughs> it's so hard to mess up nasi goreng that if you have a place has crap nasi goreng you know everything else is it's crap.
0: still good yeah <laughs> and it's interesting <laughs> exactly. because today i i actually went to um one of the only indonesian places we can find in i guess in central la i guess in the central la area uh-huh. um well not central la but like in the los angeles like in the more condensed area of los angeles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. simpang asia right you know oh, i, I okay. bought nasi goreng jawa which is basically if you don't know what yeah. it is fried <laughs> rice and fried noodles mixed into one oh, But that okay. in itself that in itself is controversial because nasi goreng jawa might not be that too right when nasi is you know, it's just like yeah see yeah too. <laughs> you can't really say Ooh. Nasi Goreng Jawa is that, but like, yeah, anyway, Nasi Goreng Jawa, yeah. right? Um yeah. And my I was calling one my, I was playing quad with one of my friends from back home. Not not Alvin. Um another friend who was in Atlanta, working to be a cook by the way, everything relating to food today. Really? Um yeah, I don't think I don't think you've met him before his name's Dennis, but he was asking me um does the Nasi Goreng taste good? And the, the first thing he has is like does it taste like the one that's you know that we get in the streets usually what and and that 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 sparked a very like interesting point with me because no it doesn't taste like the one like abang-abang and that's the first thing i think of too like oh sorry not abang-abang the one in the streets my bad that's what we call it by the way nasi goreng abang-abang um yeah. for all mm-hmm. of you um but yeah it, it 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 doesn't taste like the one in the street vendors and i asked myself why you know and and it's mostly because I mean, no offense to people in LA, but mostly the more richer kids are the one that study in LA, right? That's that's the stereotype for you know, Indian yeah. kids that are in LA. You know, they're usually a lot richer than than the usual population. Um, they have massive houses and really nice cars, right?
2: Yeah,
0: and they wear you know like what designer <laughs> clothes and things like that so there's no way there's no way that they're gonna like food that are you know from the side of the street because they're not used to that even back home they're probably used to going to like super duper fancy restaurants and (laughs) i mean no offense to them Mm -hmm. but like the the cheapest food they'll go for is probably like some kind of like small restaurant you know yeah yeah, not even a street (laughs) but yeah no that's that's interesting like the flavor itself, even even if it's a national dish, the flavor itself might be different.
1: So. Uh-huh. Well, I think it's like that's kind of the thing. It's like every household has their own asiko right? Mm. Everyone has their own nasi Every every house has their own sambal. You know, I think yeah. interesting like enough, you know, like in Mexico, for example, every house has their own salsa. So you know, just like a lot of yeah. cultures have, have like yeah. their, have like their own like little things. You know, every house has their own biryani, for example, in India. So just like it goes on like that.
0: Every house has their own kimchi in in Korea. Oh California. yeah. Well, not see, yeah. every house every region let's see. yeah
1: exactly so like which kimchi is the national one you know what i mean
0: yeah and, and it's, it's the same with sushi too because um really? you can't really call sushi like just so everyone knows sushi is not what you think rolls are not sushi those are nigiri
2: mm-hmm. yeah, i yeah.
0: hate i hate it when you know this is why i hate it like because everything gets so generalized uh-huh, no uh-huh. sushi is literally just the rice and the fish and no the way you eat it is not by dipping it into a soy sauce with wasabi uh-huh. in it no you put wasabi on is it inside in between the fish and the rice you know wrong?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's in between yeah
0: yeah and then you dip it into some soy sauce a little bit just to give it some seasoning right mm. and then you eat it
2: yeah and people forget the, the sorry Oh no, no, no. just, well, say, well, like,
0: just okay. one last one last thing because I'm 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 super passionate about this.
2: Go for it, go for it, go for it.
0: Wasabi is for killing the toxins from the raw fish, and then you eat the ginger mm. afterwards to regulate your body temperature. Mm, okay. But yeah, anyways, go on. I bet. No, I was just about to say
1: it's like sushi itself actually is like, you know, it's it's literally just like how like people like used like was fish back then, where You know, it's like they put it between you know, like salted rice, basically, and that's basically mm. kind of like how that how that kind of like ultimately emerged as a dish now i forgot exactly why we could probably do an episode on this in the future but it's like about like about like why it ultimately became you know like the the, like like the juggernaut of japanese cuisine that it is
2: but basically
1: it it literally started out as like here's some trash rice let me put it between fishes and people literally used to to use the rice so you know
0: yeah it's like what, what 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 was another dish like that? It's like bibimbap, just rice with a bunch of leftovers. Yeah, or like,
1: or, or like more well, recently, you, you know what army <laughs> oh, army stew is?
0: Oh, army stew, amazing. Right? Um, army stew it's,
1: is stew. It, it, It's like literally leftover American World War ii food rations.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where it came from. Exactly, but it's an amazing dish. It's super tasty
1: it is but you yeah. know it, it 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 was that <laughs> we'll we'll talk about this like more extensively in a future episode no when way.
0: we when we talk about south korea when we do talk about japan and countries like oh that, yeah yeah cuz you yeah. are very very important in in the mm-hmm. world of food i guess and yeah. yeah yeah yeah
2: um
0: but that leads to my last question and this question is probably something that i would ask in the last episode of this series too about what it's mm-hmm. a signature dish, but what do you think? If the, if okay, you know how? Remember we we sent like a satellite. Uh, I don't remember what it was called. The Voyager, the Voyager, Voyager, right? yes. Voyager one and two. Oh, we sent the Voyager oh, one two,
1: Yes, yes, yes. To okay,
0: yeah. hopefully one day make some contact with aliens, uh, aliens or another be another creature. You know, species of creatures. Yeah, and, and we put in there what like music, right? And
2: Yes, yes, yes. You
0: know, some, some stuff that represents the world, but
2: yes. I want to argue
0: that it's super westernized. Um,
2: no, exactly.
0: Um, it's like the but, idea that, you know, yeah, that, yeah. You know, like. Yeah, but, no, definitely. But that, that raises the question if we had to take a dish that represents mm-hmm. planet Earth, our planet, ah, what would it okay, be? Okay,
1: okay. Well, I guess we kind of talked about this a little bit, but, you know, well, I guess hot dogs and hamburgers well hot dogs would be like hamburgers pizzas yeah, hamburgers, you know yeah. yeah it was like everyone eats ev- everyone eats you know or well, basically yeah just like fast food think about it oh
0: mm. fast food it's
1: like oh. Mm-hmm. oh no I was just saying it's like yeah well, like fast food just basically like everyone eats fast food everyone eats you know just like mm, yeah so it's just like everyone in the world you know like mcdonald's and like that, but like but even outside of mcdonald's and all these chains People have their own little pizza chains. People have their own little hamburger shops. Exactly. You know, exactly. So it's like.
0: Well, I could also argue. Sorry, go ahead. My bad.
1: No, no, no. No, no, no. Go on, go on. I was finishing up a point.
0: Oh, yeah, no, go go ahead. Finish up. My bad. It kind of cut off from my end.
1: All right. No, I was just like saying something like, you know, it's like, so in terms of like what ultimately represents, you know, the reality of planet Earth in terms of what people actually eat. And yeah, then I guess, you know, it'll be hamburgers and hot dogs or fast food, but, you know, but that's kind of the thing. It goes back to the question that I brought up, you know, what is the purpose of bringing up one dish to represent us all? Is it just like an exercise of, you know, saying, what's the most common thing we eat to tell something about us? Or is it, or is it we want to set an agenda. So we say, Oh, we're so healthy. Let's put a vegan salad as our national earth dish, you know, things like that. Right.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and, And as we just explore the little sneak peek for everyone, the the next five or six countries, even if we decide six um, that we talk about in the series, so we we covered one, so there's four or five more in the future. In the end, we will answer the question, what is a signature dish? Or we might not, we might even get rid of that idea of a signature dish, but we will also answer this question. If planet Earth had to get a dish to represent it, what would it be? Because I, I think that's super important. That's way more important than a signature dish or a national dish. Because yeah. I feel like if you know, knock on wood, you know, if if one day and, and one day the world will end, you know mm-hmm. what what do we want to remember as that one <laughs> thing that kept us alive? You know, because food is so essential. To our lives as humans no, we're not yeah, we're not we're not god you know we're not god we need some people to live that's how god made us there's even why yeah. god made us like that so yeah and it's an interesting question and we will definitely answer it because i could argue something like oh rice could be the the the, the dish that represents because like, everybody eats rice mm. well,
1: yeah. well we did that i think it's like, <laughs> everybody does that. I think it's like- like, let's just say more than half of the world eats rice. Africans eat rice, Asians eat rice, you know, Latin Americans eat rice. It's, it's just like a certain minority that doesn't eat rice. But this minority always gets invaded by aliens in movies. So they might have, have more of a say than we do about what the global dish
0: is. Yeah, but that's because most of the <laughs> films are... are film there yeah you know so uh,
1: aliens oh, uh, so basically i think aliens might, might even get the idea that you know new york pizza is a it's a global dish because they global keep going dishes. to new york
0: <laughs> yeah that's funny actually how <laughs> a movie always centralized like in new york uh in the mcu every and, and in yeah. the dc universe too really everything is yeah. centralized in new york and new york yeah. is like people think of it as, as like you know a jungle of uh, urban dreams, you know, but in reality, yeah. it's super fast paced life there, super yeah. hard to, you know, even get a job or, you know, get some kind of career going there. It's super hard. You need to work really hard, you know,
2: and yeah, uh, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, definitely a, a, a misconception, I believe, a misrepresentation of what it truly is. <laughs> oh my bad. But anyway. <laughs>
1: so mm, all right so we got all five of the questions i mean is there any, any like final points you you, you, you kind of have
0: uh no no i think i think that that wraps it up for the first uh episode of our okay. podcast and if you guys are wondering why sometimes it lags and sometimes you know there were audios that were choppy we're, we're on zoom by the way we're, we're doing this on zoom because <laughs> you know it is covid it's still covid and um yeah. uh, alvin is all the way in singapore i'm all the way in los angeles um yeah so it is hard for us to meet and actually talk right there's no way we can do that yeah yeah but eh. yeah um go check out alvin's podcast revolution weekly um and go check out his instagram he is he's a great photographer so if any of you if any of you in singapore need a photographer go call alvin <laughs> i don't really Um, do models
1: though that's kind of the thing (laughs) i do that's true actually i've I've never done model shots but anyways anyways, anyway so where can people find this podcast so just like any podcast platform
0: right yeah you can find us on spotify obviously that's our main place Mm -hmm. Um, later in the future we will definitely post on youtube if this gains popularity yeah Um, Yeah, i mean like
1: Tell, tell, like I, like I tell you what, like I'll, like I'll try to make like like a cover art or something, and we can post it on YouTube. It's really easy. Like I can, I I can do it.
0: No, no, we can definitely do that, or we can just turn on our webcams and do it. You know. Yeah. Um, Either way. Either way. Yeah. Either way, and we'll definitely expand this idea of local gastronomy more. Uh, You know, if the idea gets successful, I mean, this will be cool. Actually, if we listen to this one day, it'll it'll be funny if one day we look back. And say, hey, oh, we were talking about that and now we actually do in the future. You know, it'll be really cool. Yeah. So, so definitely, thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is our, well, this is my first time doing a podcast. So <laughs> hopefully I did well. Uh, Alvin, thank you very much you. for giving your time as always. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, and look forward to next week's episode of Global Gastronomy where we talk about...
1: Yeah, what what are we gonna talk
0: about? <laughs> Drum roll, we are actually going to talk about the United States of America. Hooray! okay? Let's, yes. let's do that. <laughs> boring? No, I'm just kidding. It's not boring. It's the total opposite of Indonesia, but also kind of similar yeah. in a lot of ways. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, just like tell
1: us what you guys think. You know, on the comments and YouTube, just or just like you know, DM us. What? whatever. Spotify, but yeah. Oh, okay, on Spotify All
2: right.
0: and YouTube, so, but yeah. Can you make comments right. on Spotify? I don't think so. I've I, I listen
1: to this podcast a lot on Spotify, and I've never been able to comment.
2: Well, if
0: you if you like it, give it a like. So, <laughs> um, well,
1: give give us a follow as well. You know. Give us a follow. We as well, definitely. We got we got good stuff coming up. So you know you don't you don't want to miss any of this. You
0: know. Right, right, right. All, All right, right. right, Thank you guys All for right. listening. See you. Have a day. Yeah. See ya.